Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I'm inviting you to stick with me because today, 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 we are going to be talking about dealing with that mental fog and dullness. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that there is a way for you to regain your ability to be agile, sharp, quick, clever, discerning, and smart and innovative, all of those things by doing things that you can start immediately. So stick with me on the flip as we talk about how to deal with mental dullness. I'll see you soon. Hey there so much. Thank you for joining me. Let's go on and get into it because there's a lot I want to cover as we get into talking about how to address that mental fog. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's time. So what I want to talk about is the part of us that a lot of people don't realize needs to be attended to. And that is our uh, mental agility and flexibility. And as a person who over the last four years has had to come to grips with dealing with mental fog and clarity and fighting for it, I'm wanting to share a little bit in today's conversation with you about some awarenesses and some things that'll be practical enough for you to to do. So what I uh, want to say is that, of course, Diet, exercise, and even pills and potions can help with the clarity. It's uh, They help very much so with the hormonal balances. They help also with um, the ability for us to continue to produce healthy brain tissue and have a healthy brain stem and all of the things about the body. And so that on the one hand is good. And you can find that. Google all of that. Do it. So I want to talk really on the other side of what we can be responsible for, what we can be wise to do. So here are some of the wisdom smacks that I want to talk about. And the first thing I want to talk about is that when we talk about mental fog and lack of clarity, it's that person, I'm not person, excuse me, y'all. It's that, um, that tendency to get up and go in another room for something and forget by the time you get there why you were there. 
It's that inability to pay attention to things that you used to do without thinking about it. It's the inability to uh, continue to read for more than five minutes before you either get frustrated or allow your subconscious to divert you to go get up and do something, grab a snack, go to the bathroom, go uh, scrub down the kitchen or whatever to get out of paying attention with, you know, your ability to uh, stay focused. And because of that, there are so many things that if we're not aware of it, we will get caught up in the mix. Now, yesterday, when I talked about how to lo- uh, how to learn from what, quote unquote, high performance lazy people do, one of the things that I talked about was the uh, choice and decision fatigue. And how what they do is they will take away all of the unnecessary choices and decisions that can be made once and then they don't have to deal with it again. And that is good because it does allow them to devote more mental capacity and energy to the things they're passionate about. But the one thing that I do want to stress as we are moving into our conversation today, and this is what wisdom was putting on my heart was that it is a smooth but steep slope that we run into if we are not always being diligent, vigilant even, in keeping ourselves mentally sharpened. And just like exercise that you can't outsource to anyone, you have to do it yourself. You have to do the same with your mental capacity. If you are over 18, it is imperative that you become the leader of your own life of keeping your mental health uh, up to par. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, some of the things that we can do. They're not going to sound good. They're not going to feel good, but they're going to help for those who, who have ears to hear and want to start doing something now. This will help. Uh, I've talked a little bit in the past about how there are certain things that I find myself uh, doing uh, in my downtime or when I'm trying to think through something. So I I love logic puzzles. I love little like moving the blocks and things to put them into a line or a space. I guess you would call it like a Tetris kind of game. And I found that doing those helps me to... uh, continue to make the parts of the brain that need to be uh, astute and, and, and sharp and ready to go, it makes them fire more. Uh, now, too much of anything is, is not good, but doing that helps me to continue to uh, reinforce and build good brain synapses that will fire quickly for decision-making, problem-solving, innovative thinking, ingenuity, and the like. And in order to do that, one of the things that I am going to say outside of playing these games, because those are easy, we have to step it up, y'all. We 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 have to take it uh, the the bull by the horns in our own lives to do what we can. So I'm going to say it's a foregone conclusion. You you're going to have to pay attention to doing what you can by your diet, your exercise, uh, your supplements, or any of that kind of stuff. But then on the other side, we're we're going to need to focus on, and I'm about to say what might be a bad phrase for some people, uh, that is self-directed ongoing learning. 
I'll say it again, self-directed ongoing learning. And I could tell you about Aikaigi, which is a Japanese form of uh, retraining that goes on, seeing as uh, Japan has an aging culture with many of a large, not many, but a large portion of its older citizenry living well into their hundreds and needing to stay active in the community to work. Uh, And so they have that uh, framework that's really great and it includes so much um, before our, our Western folk <laughs> over here uh, who live in a slightly different culture of individualism and self-expression, we have to embrace self-directed learning. And I want to ask you this, when's the last time you set up a training curriculum to learn a new not just a skill, but a new concept uh, past high school, college, or how, wh- whichever was the highest uh, formal organized training, uh, excuse me, education. When was the last time you did something that was self-directed? In one of my master's programs, I uh, <laughs> I had to do a lot of self-directed because I, I, I anyway, I'm not going to talk about the fact that they made me do it because they said I was working my professor's nerves with all my questions. But hey, if I'm paying, I, I need to I need to get what I'm getting. Uh, but I had to put together a lot of self-directed uh, curriculum and get it approved by the dean. And the dean uh, even remarked back at the time, uh, she was like, you're really good at at doing this. And uh, I told her, uh, well, first of all, that master's program wasn't my first rodeo. And in the first one, I actually had been taught how to do curriculum. And so I didn't realize how much of a life skill that was going to be. And so let me just tell you really quickly, when uh, and I'm putting this challenge before you, by the way, to start putting together self-directed learning programs for yourself. And so this is what I learned during uh, my, my first master's program of curriculum development. And that was to learn the different phases of how a person takes on new skills and levels and understandings, knowledge and the like. And the first thing is, is that you can uh, uh, train. So you have training, teaching and education. So those are the levels training, teaching, and education. So with training, training is going to be a step above demonstrating, you know. So a demo just quickly shows someone how to use something. It doesn't give you any kind of step actions. It doesn't uh, do anything except for demonstrate how something can be done, used, or whatever. But when you get into training, training a lot of times is going to involve skill, building skills and becoming proficient with tools. And so for some people to knock away that mental fog and that mental numbness or dullness, you may want to engage in self-teaching a new skill or a new tool. For some people, it could be you decide I'm going to learn, really learn one of the Adobe um, uh, online uh, photo programs, Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever. For some, it might be, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar or the piano, whatever it is. That would be an example of training so that you will start to learn how to uh, professionally or expertly master or hopefully master, but use a skill or a tool. 
So then you have teaching. Whereas training is for the purpose of uh, hands-on. That's why we, in the United States, we have a lot of vocational training uh, centers where people can go and train to become uh, proficient in a skill. Okay, so the vocational trades is what they call it, where they, you know, you can learn everything from uh, being a mechanic, a baker, a chef, uh, you know, those types of things. So that would be training. So then with teaching, teaching then takes the skills and the tools, but then it also gives you a better understanding of the processes of what it is you do and possibly why. So whereas the training is going to be the what, the teaching is going to be the what and the how. And um, it may get into the why, but most of the time it's going to be the what and the how. Okay, so with with teaching, Teaching is where you have a curriculum, you have an objective, an agenda, uh, a goal, if you will. And uh, when you start the class, the students are going to be at this level. But when you end the class, they're going to be at this level. And you're going to know because you guessed it, you're going to be assessed with um, with tests and uh, quizzes and those types of things. And a lot of teaching is going to be training with a lot of repetition so that people will start to ingest it and a lot of foundational information that hopefully will turn into knowledge. So that's why where you might have a person who uh, went through a training to learn how to use Photoshop when they get into a teaching curriculum, they're going to learn how to use Photoshop, but then they're going to learn the history behind um, uh, graphic design software. They're going to possibly learn some of the movers and shakers in it. They're going to learn the difference between uh, vectors and rasterization and uh, different um, types of fonts and uh, how to know which ones to use and put together and, and that kind of thing. And then they're going to be tested on it. And there's possibly going to be um, a, a lot of uh, different forms of uh, production, whether it be a class assignment or a portfolio or whatever that's done at the end. So with teaching, teaching is going to give you a more rounded understanding of the skills and tools that you're using. And I'm telling you guys this because you can start to pick which one you're going to create for yourself. Because yes, you can actually create your own self-learning for whether you want to do some training or you want to teach yourself something or you want to educate yourself on something. So there was another podcast I did a little while ago that was really popular with you all. And it was called Learning How to Learn. And so what I'm doing right now is I am breaking down how you can go about learning how to learn, but I'm doing it on the benefit of you understanding that it's to save your own mind because we are made to always be moving, doing, and learning and being. And so when, you have to be careful because there are a lot of people that don't even realize that their, their, their muscle, that brain is starting to atrophy. And we're going to talk, you know, a little bit about that maybe tomorrow. Uh, but just understand that um, 
when a, a tissue atrophies, it's because it's no longer being used. And so uh, it is reabsorbed back into the body, um, the nutrients and things to be put to something that that is uh, being used. And so that's how you can have people who are adults, but they tend to revert back to the most immature types of mental processes. They lose their ability to communicate on a level that helps them to deal with conflict and complex matters. And it just gets really weird. And that is a lot of times because of this very thing that I'm talking about, an unchecked mind that has been allowed to just be whatever. And now there is a, a certain amount of atrophy starting to happen. So let's talk about this third one. So we've, we've talked about training. We've talked about teaching. Now let's talk about education. Now with education, that comes from the Latin word educare. And that, is, that means to pull out. And it means to go and find that seed, if you will, of something and, and nurture it and grow it to the point where it can come out and uh, stand on its own. And so with education, when you're doing self-education, it is you training yourself to transcend where you are. The difference between education versus training and teaching is that training and teaching leave you on uh, the same level as where you started. You just simply know more. But education transforms you to a higher level where you not only know something, but you're different for it. You're different for having gone through the process. This is where a lot of people say that knowledge and wisdom meet and then wisdom lifts you up higher. You can tell when someone is educated because they are able to articulate the information in a way that they're able to help others because now if you were to take the same thing, so say, for instance, we're, um, let's, let's just off the top of my head, let's talk about uh, learning to play the piano. So training in the uh, piano is going to possibly teach you how to uh, peck out chopsticks. And, you know, you can play a mean chopsticks. So that's somebody training you. Uh, teaching you is going to teach you the chords and the histories of this and that, like I said before. But when you get to education, what it's going to do is it's going to cause you to become uh, not masterful, but uh, more advanced in understanding not only the what and the how that you got from the what being um, the, the, the teaching and the, the training, but you're going to know the why behind it. And you're going to be able to create concertos and uh, create and compose and do things that the average piano player will not. And so those are the different things. And there are going to be different people, hopefully, listening to this that are going to get their inspirations like, oh, okay, so I want to educate myself on something. And someone else might be like, oh, I just need to train myself on something. But these are the different things that will help you to be able to challenge yourself. Because that's the big thing about mental uh, fog. If it's not um, medical, meaning that it's not being brought on, even though you're, you know, you're doing all the mental st- stimulation and all of that. If it's not something that's uh, in the realm of a medical issue, these are some of the things that you are going to be able to do. So 
Self-directed learning, ongoing, should be important. If the last time you actually learned something was more than three years ago, you need to step it up. Step your game up and start finding things. You can start with training. You don't have to get into a long commitment of education to mastery. Start with a training or teach yourself something. And now that you know how to go about and collect stuff, depending on what it is you're trying to accomplish, hopefully it'll make it more clear for you. So now let's move into talking about some of the other things that you can do uh, to uh, become more well-rounded because in in addition, not instead of, but in addition to picking up new ways to continue to uh, have a lifelong um, learning cycle in your in your life in your mind, consider using personal short-term quest. Now I've talked about quest the other day, and you're going to continue to hear me talking about quest. And the reason why is because quests are really good at activating our frontal lobe where uh, uh, the, the seat of reasoning happens, which is the main thing that helps us to be the apex predators in the ecological system of the earth, where we're able to reason, form language, and we're able to create based on our thoughts and words. And so doing short-term quests, personal ones, helps to engage that lobe by making us interested and curious about something. Have you ever... um, saw something that piqued your interest and before you know it, you've spent an hour tracing things down, uh, maybe on um, uh, on the internet or uh, through networking. That's a quest. Different things require diff- different types of quests, but there have been times when I've chased down uh, books that were out of print and actually were able to find them. That's a quest. Start consciously putting those back into the repertoire of what you do if you're not already doing them. Because when we have a quest, we actually have um, a natural combatant to aimlessness and depression because we now have a reason you see that reasoning? We have a reason for living, for getting up, for doing. You know, maybe make it a game if you're a competitive person. Uh, set a goal and try to achieve it and make that part of your quest. Then the next one is imagery practice. I want you to consider constructing images in your mind's eye. Uh, there are people who are incapable of seeing um, a Uh, imaginations, but what they can do is they can create constructs of senses, feelings, and awarenesses, like quote-unquote pretend. But I want you to achieve it, I mean, to to work on it, whether you think you can or you can't, because what that's going to do is that's going to strengthen the uh, bonds and the neural pathways between the front and middle parts of the brain. The middle part is where imagination uh, is. And you want to make sure you have strong uh, synapses and uh, neural pathways between them. And uh, the best way to start doing this is to uh, imagine. That is why we are gifted with daydreaming. Daydreaming has been uh, one of the biggest ways we have gotten inventions and advancements in our civilizations because of our fanciful flight into the creative land where anything is possible. And so when we do that and we we continue to strengthen our uh, front, front brain and our middle brain, we start to grow. 
So the next thing is, is now this is dealing with if you if you are like if you're being really honest with yourself and you're like, I might be a little dull with it, meaning that when someone says something, it takes you a minute to process what they said to really get their their um, nuances and innuendos and even their finesses. Mm -hmm. So if you are like, yeah, I can honestly be honest with myself and say I'm not as sharp as I used to be. What I want you to do is I want you to start looking at these things. I'm going to cover three quick things because my time is getting away from me. All right. So if you're feeling like, you know, you're basically you don't want you're, you're a couple of steps away from being a dullard. <laughs> I want you to expand your thoughts around the things you believe. I'm going to say that one again. Expand your thoughts around the things you believe. Test, challenge, uh uh, validate and put through the ringer everything that you believe, as many components as you can find. You notice I didn't say think of, but do your due diligence. Get online, deconstruct what you believe. Where did it come from? How did it come into existence? And expand your awareness and your thoughts on your belief systems. Because a lot of people have become very rigid and stagnant in their belief systems, thinking that beliefs are supposed to stay the same when they're not. They're supposed to grow because Become flexible and expand through our lifetime. So that's the first one. The next one, now this one is going to make some of you a little uncomfortable, but the next one is to deal with being dull with it and to sharpen yourself again, is to investigate the areas of religion, sex, politics, parenting, and racial matters. And what that is going to do is it's going to help you, going back to the frontal lobe where our reasoning is, uh, it's going to help you to start to activate and re-energize with, with real electric shocks uh, the empathy, empathy centers. And what I want to say about this is, is there were some recent studies where they looked at um, Basically, they looked at men who identified as Caucasian, I'll, I'll say this, um, and they looked at how because they did not necessarily have to show empathy, meaning they had to switch their perspective and look at things from another person's perspective on um uh, a lot of the time that that particular area was suffering a little bit. And so but we can all learn from this. So what you do when you check out religion, sex, politics, parenting, racial matters, and whatever else it is, and you start to look at it from different perspectives, different cultures, different racial expressions, you will start to increase your empathy so that you can build neural transmissions of when you see someone who definitely does not look like you, you still see a connection between you that you really are able in an instant instinctually you're able to still be able to see it as yourself and because of that the next thing I'm going to ask you to do in this particular section is to look for well-rounded arguments on these topics look at all the different sides not just the prevalent this one and that one look at the outliers treat it like a true bell curve and look um at the tail ends and the mid mainstream look at the different um uh 
the the different uh, sides and and teams, if you will, of what of what people believe, and you're going to notice that your mind is going to start to fire faster. You're going to start to rebuild or even build new real indentions in your mind that are going to help you to start thinking faster, sharper, and more critically. So this is a way for you to get to increase your ability to have great creative and uh, critical thinking. And a little bit more about empathy, not sympathy. You can actually do exercises called advocacy, where you pretend, if you will, you find a, a human interest story and pretend, if you will, that you have to defend this person or th- these people in a court of law or this situation. And uh, to be an advocate is to stand instead. So you put yourself there. And what the empathy in, um, exercises do in, a, in addition to strengthening your frontal lobe of reasoning and understanding is that what they uh, do is they also create and touch from the middle part of the brain to the back part of the brain, they create more neural transmission synapses that are stronger that give you that instinct that we're talking about so that it bypasses your conscious to where unconsciously you're able to think fast and think in uh, and act in ways that are advantageous for you and others. So it makes you well-rounded. So in my last few minutes, I just want to talk a little bit about some ways to start really practically, because I've, I've hopefully been giving you some things, to start practically working on uh, sharpening yourself. So with our mental processes, we have to be careful. And the reason why is because we are... Uh, we, we move, and I talked about this yesterday with uh, what we can learn from the lazy. We always move from the complex to the simple. And at this particular juncture in modern times, we have been able to have the most palatable uh, ways that we get information. I mean, we've got the internet. Uh, we don't have to struggle and go learn the Dewey Decimal Systems anymore. Uh, if we want to find out anybody's life, somebody on the internet has some show of gossip that we can find out. And so there's a lot of stuff that is very smooth and easy for us to digest. Um, there's a book called uh, Homo Sapiens that I've talked about on the show before excellent book. And it talked about how wheat, the agricultural um, evolution of wheat changed everything about us, even our teeth. And so studies show that unlike uh, what you may have thought, our ancestors did not have the cavities and, and the crooked teeth and the crowding of teeth like you like we sometimes find today. And it was because of their diets and their need to um, get out and challenge themselves for what they were going to eat every day. And so it caused them to remain vigilant and sharp. And one of the things that you can quickly do as I'm looking at my time and I'm looking at my notes is you can uh, start to purposefully look for pattern interrupts. If you're getting too much of the easy way of thinking in life, and it's so easy to create your echo chamber and everybody around you feels the same way and and you're not ever having to be in conflict if you don't want to, look for pattern interrupts because what these will do is these will shock you 
to be able to handle resistance and start to consciously grow the amount of resistance you can handle uh, and your mental acrobats and gym, you know, gymnastics of what you have to do and how you have to think to work through that. So y'all, guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, check out the show notes, and thank you so much for listening. So I'm going to challenge you. Go on out there and start taking back your mental capacity to be sharp as a tack and a whip. I will see you soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.